Hello, bunch of besties. Welcome back to Bunch of Beauties presented by Pucker Up Sports. My name is Sam Prevo, and as always, I am joined by Jennifer Molia. Oh, my voice sounds better than I thought it was going to. I just explained to Ariel and Sam that I always have really bad allergies in the summer, which is like not a really popular allergy time, but my throat is on fire. So let's see how I make it through a one hour podcast with my throat on fire. (laughs) Already. Uh, And I'm, uh, as I guess Jen alluded to, Ariel. Hey. The gang's all here, as always, and we're back on the usual setup, so hopefully there won't be any technical difficulties uh, this time. I apologize again for last week. I was uh, away for the weekend, and we were using a laptop instead of my usual uh, computer setup. Anyway, will not bore you guys with those details. There is a lot of stuff going on in the NHL right now, a lot of news, and unfortunately, we won't be able to get to all of it. Um, but we will get to, I hope, most of it. Um, and so why don't we just start with the expansion draft? Because that was the biggest thing that happened this week, I would say. Yes. Um, it was a little anticlimactic. Um, the So basically what happened was, for those who, I mean, if you're, if, I would guess if you're listening to this podcast, you ha- are pretty in tune with what's going on in the league. But for some reason, if you missed happened. it. Uh, the Kraken submitted their list of who they chose in the expansion draft uh, yeah. yesterday morning. So that was Wednesday morning. The broadcast that ESPN was doing to announce said picks wasn't until 8 p.m. So over the course of the few hours following the submission of the list, namely Frank Saravalli, uh, announced all the picks. <laughs> So they were all uh, I don't I don't like saying leaked because the list was in the possession of the league like yeah. Frank yeah. reported it as he should as a journalist if he finds out what the picks are. So I don't want to say leaked. I just want to say they were reported and announced before the formal announcement. Yeah. So going into the 8, 8, 8 p.m. ESPN show, um we all kind of knew what was coming. Um I don't know about you guys, but I expected some kind of announcement about side deals and whatever. Yeah. But There weren't any, and as of today, it seems like the Krakens only made one trade. So this might be really close to the roster that we see uh, come October. Um, I'm just going to dive into the roster, unless you guys have anything else to say about the complete and utter incompetence of (laughs) what happened yesterday. It's as that, that saying, that meme goes, we spent all year trying to figure out our team, and you just tweeted it out yeah yeah basically <laughs> you, just, you just tweeted it out in the span of like what it felt like 10 minutes but it was like longer than yeah. that but my I favorite mean, it, um, it is what it is yeah my favorite expansion draft shenanigan was the video of the guy at the fish market and they were like throwing the catching the fish and then they were like alexander kerfoot and then oh yeah and then it ended up just not. <laughs> I find it. I find it funny though that Leafs fans were sent spiraling no matter what the outcome was, but also yeah. that there it was not believable to them that there would be more than one take of that pre-recorded right? thing done. Yeah, like that, that wasn't gonna be it. That was my thinking. Like obviously people were gonna be around and we're gonna hear it, and I guess they like were prepared for a video to leak. Be well, it was pre-recorded. So yeah. those segments that Kevin Weeks did, they were pre-recorded. Yeah. So my guess would be for every single one that they did that was pre-recorded, they did multiple multiple versions. Multiple yeah. takes based on 
who they thought was going to get picked because they filmed them before the list came out. So it's reasonable to say that every one of those things that was pre-recorded had multiple takes with multiple players' names. So the one that was, that was an actual leak. The one that leaked of Kerfoot being selected. Then they ultimately, I'm sure, did another take of the real one that happened, which was that the, the Kraken selected Jared McCann. Jared McCann, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say though, kudos to ESPN. Besides the Hurricanes, Carolina Panthers, fuck up. Um, <laughs> I found the broadcast very entertaining. I think it was. I mean, it would have obviously been more entertaining if we didn't know what the picks were going to be. But I think ESPN. It, I mean, it's a good sign already that we're already more entertained by this than anything NBC ever did. So yeah, it was um, fun. It was kudos to them. I think that was my worry was that when we did find out the picks ahead of time, I was like, oh, is this just going to be like boring? But I think they did a really good job of making it like engaging, so to speak, just mm-hmm. making it fun. I thought the stage mm-hmm. setup was really cool with like the the tentacle that led up to like the logo of the next team that they were yeah, picking yeah. from. I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, even even though we did know the picks, I thought the just the presentation as a whole was super fun. Yes, and uh, we can't. We can't move on without mentioning that our good friend Chanel yes. uh, announced the Hurricanes pick, which was super exciting for me as a Hurricanes fan that my my, <laughs> my friend was announcing the pick. But uh, our friend Chanel, our friend Chanel Keenan, she's incredible. She is an intersectionality consultant for the Kraken. And I didn't know – I missed her tweet where she said she was going to be, like, on the show. Mm-hmm. I just saw that she was in Seattle. And I was like, oh, that's cool. They have her in town to celebrate or whatever. And then they announced, like, that she – like, they showed her on my TV. And I started, like, <laughs> screaming. I was like <laughs> – that's my friend. Like, that's yeah, um, I I knew it was coming only because I get like the media emails, and it's like when it announced all the special guests, I saw her name like on the list. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh snap! Like like that's pretty cool. And then like similar to you, I mean, I won't say I like screamed, but my mom was. I was like, oh my god, I know her. Like, she's like <laughs> yeah, you know her. I was like, yeah, she's a surprise. Like, she was a hard sight. I was like, I know her. I know her. So like, I did kind of a. A similar reaction that was that was kind of pretty cool to see like just someone you know in yeah in like that was was really cool we love you chanel we're super proud of you if we you're do. listening <laughs> um I, love her. I, lo- I i adore her so that was so so cool to see and just the whole the whole broadcast i think was well done again aside from the whole panthers hurricanes debacle but i think it made for good social media content yeah and i think it's just going to take the espn guys who are who were already on espn doing other sports some time to adjust to Mm -hmm. hockey again because hockey hasn't been on espn for a long time so um without further ado why don't we just go through the the roster quickly sounds um I don't think we need to dwell on too much of it just because it's a lot of I, I, I was surprised at some of the names they passed up on, but mm-hmm. we'll just go through it. So um, when they made the selections, they went by division. But the list they put po- the list that I have up is alphabetically through the whole league. So we're just going to go alphabetically from A to Z or well, right. A to W. So <laughs> um, Anaheim selected Hayden Flurry from Anaheim. They selected Hayden Flurry. Um, I wasn't surprised by this. They picked Hayden and Kale Flurry, which is super cool. I thought that was cool, yeah. Um, I, per- I saw a lot of Hayden Flurry in Carolina. I think he's a great young defenseman. I think it's exciting that he gets to play with his brother. They're both defensemen, so maybe we get a Flurry-Flurry pairing um, one day. Um, but yeah, it was a solid pick. Ron Francis drafted him, so it kind of comes full circle for him. 
Um, not not much complaining about the pick. Um, from Arizona, the Kraken took Tyler Pitlick. Uh, they traded him today to Calgary. So that was the one flip that we have seen. Did you guys see what they tweeted about it? They were like, thanks for the memories, yeah, thanks, Tyler. Thanks for the memories, Tyler. It's been a wild ride. With I love like that a, stuff. With like a graphic design is my passion. Uh, the jersey swap. Yeah. Uh, any, anyway, um, from Boston, Jeremy Lauzon. From Buffalo, Will Borgen. From Calgary, Mark Giordano, who... That was were like rumors. a big one. Yeah, that's that like, was oof. a big one. He's... 37 he has been captain of calgary for like eight years or something um he helps uh with seattle's cap situation because they need to reach at least the floor and he's making about six million dollars uh for another couple years so like it all makes sense there um and he's still a pretty good defenseman he won the norris or was at least nominated for it um a year or two ago um and yeah, there were rumors though that he was going to get flipped to the Rangers. I saw that, yeah. Um, but when he walked out on stage in Seattle in the jersey, I think it was yeah. pretty safe. It's pretty safe to say that he's yeah. not going anywhere. I think any of the guys, including Hayden, uh, that came out on the stage in the jersey, I think they intend on actually playing for the Kraken. Yeah, uh, yeah. You would you you would think that anyone that was in Seattle would, would be kept there. But I know the funny thing about Giordano was technically this is the first time he's ever been drafted. This is the first time he's I ever been that. drafted. <laughs> yeah, he was undrafted when he made the league. So congrats to him at 37 for finally being drafted. Um, from Carolina, they selected, we all thought it was going to be Jake Bean, but they went with Morgan Geeky, who I think is a great young up and coming yeah. uh, forward. He's also hilarious, and he has He's a so pizza- funny on Twitter. Fun fact: He has a Pizza Hut gold card. I saw. I wasn't that, like, that. that was like the first thing he tweeted afterwards. He was like, "Is now a good time to say I have a Pizza Hut gold card?" Yeah. So for those who were like out of the loop with the Hurricanes, he uh, he said something about, during the playoffs. He said something about like you can't out pizza the hut or something in a post game press conference. So this has been a thing for like a hot minute. Him and Pizza Hut. So. Uh, now he's up, uh, let us all know he has a Pizza Hut gold card, which I had to explain to one of my friends, uh, who's Canadian. I said, like, I sent the tweet to, to him and he was like, and I was like, LOL. And he's like, wait, what's a Pizza Hut what gold card? <laughs> and I was like, it means he gets free Pizza Hut probably for life. Usually it's for life. And he was like, oh, well, that makes a difference then. I'm like, yes, right? yes, yes. That is a game changer. He's um, a, a worthwhile pick if only for his tweets, I think. Yeah, only like, for the social media presence. <laughs> the, the other one that I had sent to our group chat that made me laugh was last week when the Canes re-signed him and he quoted it and said, hello, guys, I'm still 22. My birthday is next week, but it is okay. I know I'm mature for my age. <laughs> He's so funny. He's a good kid. He tweeted like, a gonna... picture of his dog like in front of a computer, too. And yeah, he was, with, like, like, he was, with like, glasses like, on. Distinguished lady. I was like... Yeah, we we stand Morgan Geeky. I'm going to miss him a lot him. in Carolina. Um, he And he, for a while, he, like, led the NHL in, hist- in, like, in history for points per game because he just scored in, like, every game that he played in from the start of his career. It was crazy. Um, but best of luck to him in, in Seattle. I'm really excited for him. Um, so from Chicago, a lot of the teams, I, I before we continue, I just want to say a lot of the teams did have slim pickings because I was doing a mock draft um, a couple nights ago, um, and I was going through the cap-friendly stuff, and I was like, wow, there's really not a whole lot to choose from from some of these teams. <laughs> right? And yeah. Chicago, yeah. Chicago was one of them. Um 
I saw people joking that the Kraken asked if they could pass on picking anybody from the Blackhawks. But ultimately, they picked John Quenville. Yeah. Um, he was originally a draft pick of the Devil, so he's moved around a lot. Maybe Seattle's where he finds his his forever home. Um, from the it Avalanche. Sounds like they're adopting a dog. I mean. He, he found his forever home. At forever the, home. At forever, if you are ever home, at the Seattle Kraken um, foster care i don't know that was just funny it sounds the like seattle kraken animal league um <laughs> from the avalanche seattle selected Jonas donskoy and the they for this pick they had um two former seattle supersonics players picking like announcing the pick and they they didn't give these people the phonetic pronunciations of these yeah. names so he just completely butchered he went his for name. It. He was like, Eunice Dinsky, yes. And didn't he say, I think I saw on Twitter, like, didn't he back away from the mic and be like, hard name? Or like, weird Yeah, name. something like that, yeah. <laughs> tough, God. tough, tough, tough. Okay. Um, uh, so from Columbus, Gavin Bayreuther. Uh, from Dallas, Jamie Oleksiak, who weirdly they announced on the broadcast that he's now the he- officially the heaviest player in the NHL, and he kind of stood there like, yeah, yeah like, uh, what do you- nervous laughter. Yeah, <laughs> like, how do you respond to a comment like that? Like, he just like put his thumbs up. Are you calling up, like- me fat? Like- <laughs> <laughs> the other thing and that that's why he went like a lot of muscle because it's like that sounds uh- like a yeah. that sounds like a YouTube video like NHL calls. Player uh, ESPN calls NHL player fat, not clickbait. Not clickbait. <laughs> the the other thing that I noticed about Jamie Alexiak getting picked was a lot of people on Twitter were discovering Jamie Alexiak for the first time yesterday. Yes, um, which is we noticed that as well. It made me laugh because I was back in my hockey Twitter origins. I was a part of what um, some men lovingly dub five team Twitter because I indeed kept team kept tabs on like five teams um because i because i thought it was fun you know don't hate on fun anyway moving on one of them was the dallas stars and so i know a lot of like obscure players who are on the dallas stars in like 2015 2016 2017 like those couple years um like ask me a stat about patrick eves and like maybe i know it like anyway um so i (laughs) smash fest champion patrick eves precisely (laughs) But, but it, like, didn't occur to me that not everyone was on five-team Twitter in 2016 and not everybody, like, was familiar with the Jamie Alexiak Tumblr tag, for example. So scrolling and everyone was like, oh, my God, like, Jamie Alexiak. And I was like, so true, guys. Like, welcome. Like, <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> I like him. I think he seems like a fun guy, personally. He seems, he seems great, and I think he'll be a good addition for, for the Kraken because he's still young, but he does have a lot of experience. And... He went on that cup run with Dallas, so <laughs> he knows he knows what it's like to be an underdog as well, which I think the Kraken are going to ultimately out the gate be anyway. So I think isn't he like seven feet tall? Did I make that up? He's he's like six seven or something. He's like about exactly. he's about up there. It's funny because all the guys that were there are like all the players that they picked to be there were extremely tall. Mm-hmm. And Brandon Tanev looks so tiny in in the picture, and he's <laughs> six feet tall. Um. <laughs> He's six foot seven. Jeez. Um, so that's a big boy. He's uh, <laughs> yeah, Brian he's, Boyle tall. Yeah. He's 255 pounds, at, uh, according to Hockey Reference. I don't know if that's updated. Big but, boy. Yeah. 
as they say, they call Pat Maroon big rig, but Jamie Alexiak is actually the biggest rig. Bigger rig. <laughs> bigger rig. Big rig, rig. Meet bigger rig. Um, from Det- <laughs> uh, Let's see. Detroit. The Detroit pick was Dennis Cholowski. 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 The octopus's pick? Yes. Yes. Yeah. The the octopus that everyone immediately fell in love with and like wanted more of. And he like tweeted like thanks licorice. Yeah. Um, I think uh I think this was also a big one for uh the Kraken. They got Adam Larson from Edmonton. Yes, that one was like like I don't know if I was shocked, but I was just like ooh, I was like I think that. Edmonton, I mean, Edmonton's just a strange enigma of an organization, but uh, I think they're looking to make some kinds of changes. I know they really want to sign Tyson Barry. Yeah. Uh, again, he only was on a one-year deal, kind of like a show-me deal, and now they want to keep him uh, for longer term. And then they brought on Duncan Keith. Um, they brought on his full salary. They didn't have Chicago retain any of it. So there's got to be an odd man out somewhere, and I'm guessing Adam Larson was it. Um, so he'll join the Kraken on the, uh, I think this might be like their biggest goaltending, uh, get, uh, maybe tied with Vitek Vanacek from, uh, Washington, but they got Chris Drieger from Florida Mm -hmm. who really emerged last year with, with Bobrovsky having like an okay season. He really stepped up and helped the Panthers get to, you know, fourth most points in the league, um, from LA. Uh, the Kraken took Curtis Mc- McDermott, who I've never heard of. Yeah, same. I was I was kind of hoping. <laughs> I, didn't, I can't believe. These, I was kind of hoping for some of these. Like you guys would know who the players. Like I didn't know who the they were. I don't know. Who, I think I he's know one of the only players that I don't know who he is. I was gonna say yeah. I know. There's a lot of players that they took that I'm like, who? Whom are you? Like, yeah. I, I'm shocked. And the thing is that these players all have played enough NHL games that they were eligible for to let be left exposed. So. Yeah, I guess I just don't pay yeah. that much attention to LA. Sorry, Curtis. That's but. true. I mean, hey, Curtis. I just googled him to see if there's anything of note. Last year, he played 28 games. He had four points, two goals, and two assists. Well, as a defenseman, so. And I mean, yeah, he just he hasn't played a lot of games. His first season, 34. Second season, 11. Third season, 45. well, 34 is enough to you know be exposed. I think it's like or like 34 plus the amount he played. He said 28 this past season. Yeah, so, so that, that's enough to get exposed. So he's played just under 120, which like add it all up, that's like yeah, but also like he played 11 games in one season. That's so yeah. scary. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, hopefully he'll, maybe he'll get a, a we'll get a better look at him on the Kraken. Maybe they uh, yeah. see something in him that LA did not. Um, I hope so. From Minnesota, they took another defenseman, Carson Soucy, who's a Jamie Alexiak kind of type guy, like a physical, big defensive presence um, that can also provide on offense. Incredible um, name, incredible name. Yes, and they missed out on the <laughs> chance to take Victor Esque. So sad. Um. <laughs> They chose. They chose Susie instead. Real, real tragedy. I just feel like there's like a a, a like Susie saucy sauce um pun. In there's there got to be something somewhere. there. Like cracking social media people. First time he scores a goal, like I'm staring. I'm staring at. You. I mean, if he has a great pass, you'd be like, "What? That's some great sauce from Seuss or something like that." Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, guys, take notes. Take notes. <laughs> write that down. Write that down. Um, <laughs> we already mentioned Kale Flurry from Montreal. Yay. Um, from Nashville, they selected Callie Yarncroak. Um, He's like very quietly very good i feel he's quietly very good he had a career year last year he's actually elias lindholm's cousin i did not know that yeah i i feel like once again um this is going to be my five team twitter episode the nashville predators were one of my five teams when i was paying attention to five nhl teams um just in case anybody was wondering so i i do know quite a bit about kelly he's actually really good at a pretty good and i i used to really like him He'll get a bigger role with with the Kraken for sure. So um, I think that's a solid get for them. I also have like a very vivid memory of going to like an Islanders Predators game when I was like a freshman in high school or something. And him or like some other like obscure Predators player like throwing me a puck and me being like so happy and all the men around me being like, who was that? And me being like, <laughs> Kelly Yarncroak, guys. Kelly Yarncroak, how do you not know? <laughs> um, that was the other name that got absolutely like, I mean, Marshawn Lynch didn't even try. Uh, he was like, he was like, my boy, Callie. And Kevin Weeks was like, yes, Callie Yarncroak. <laughs> <laughs> and then like told him to hit him up. if he Yeah, yeah, yeah he was like, and then Marshawn's like, yeah, Yarncroak, if I mispronounced your name, Callie, bro, hit me up. Like, I was like, okay, Marshawn. Okay. Okay. I mean, that was about what I expected to get from Marshawn Lynch. Right? Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was the most Marshawn Lynch clip I've ever seen. That's all right. Yeah. He, um, I don't know if anybody else caught that. He almost said, like, what the fuck? When he, he looked did. at the name. Yeah, he did. I, I saw him looking at it. He's like, like oh, shit. <laughs> um, so, moving on from that. Oh, gosh. Poor... These poor players getting their names mispronounced on national television, but they're probably used to it. Um, From the Devils, they selected Nathan Bastion. And the only thing I really remember of him uh, this past season was him and Jeff Skinner getting into a verbal argument in the penalty boxes and Bastion saying something to the effect of like that Jeff's overpaid or something. And then Jeff Skinner being like, yeah oh yeah like i'll go i'll go score a goal and like it was just like it was painful it was like he seems like someone isn't the best chirper he seems like well i I do remember one time he like he called max domi's name like a thousand well he didn't call his name he just like called his attention like a million times in a row he went hey 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 and finally got his attention just to tell him to shut the fuck up (laughs) I think really I remember fun. that too. It's a funny thing that just going, hey, 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 shut the fuck up. I was like, but, says the man who said hey 20 times to get his but, attention. Right? He definitely seems like the type that would just be like, well, nice pants and like walk away. <laughs> but anyway, that's my limited knowledge of Nathan Bastion. I yeah. think he's pretty decent. I don't know. I mean, the Devils are just bad, so I mean, it might be a good yeah. a case of good player on bad team. I don't know. He just, I remember him being in that group of uh, Devils prospects a couple of years ago where we were like, oh my god, we all love the Devils prospects. They're all such soft boys. We love them so much. That's just what I associate him with. Um, <laughs> once again, sh- uh, showing my uh, hockey Twitter veterans discount card with that one. Um that's all I remember about him. Although, no, I lied. I remember his uh, Instagram profile picture that's, like, badly 
drawn Nathan Bastion. Does anyone yeah. know what I'm talking about? Yes, yes, it is. He, he switched it. Yesterday. He switched it from badly drawn Nathan Bastion in a devil's uniform to badly drawn <laughs> Nathan Bastion in a Kraken uniform. So I saw somebody, somebody like that. tweeted a screen recording of them like refreshing it, and the only yeah. thing that changed about the picture was like the jersey. I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I love that actually, though. Him. Um. The Islanders pick was announced by Sue Bird, which made me sad because I kind of wish she did the Rangers pick because she's an icon and a legend and I love, I love her. her. The Island, they should, she does, the Islanders don't deserve her. But anyway, I think, <laughs> I think it was because it was one of the biggest picks of the night. They yeah. chose Jordan Eberle from the yeah. Islanders. The Islanders are really clearing out cap space mm-hmm. with the moves they've made. Um, leaving Jordan Eberle unprotected in favor of protecting Matt Martin. Fascinating choice. Um, and trading Andrew Ladd and Nick Letty. Yeah. Um, I think, was it Andrew Ladd's trade where they traded him and got not literally nothing in return? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they really just wanted to empty out cap space. Uh, word is as of today that they're trying to get Parise and Suter and might even perhaps also throw the bag at Gabriel Landeskog. So (laughs) we'll 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 see what Lou can pull off. All right. Interesting salary moves by yeah. them. Jordan Eberle switches teams again. Again. Um, hopefully this time it works. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think he's like. I don't think he's the. You know what is he was drafted first overall? Was he one of their first overall picks? The I feel Oilers? like he was, or was he just or was he just high first round? I can't remember. I was gonna say I think he was just high first. Well, either way, I don't think he was. He turned out to be what people expected him to be but i think he's still a very very good nhl player yeah my my only thought on that is no one is allowed to talk about the everly for strom trade ever again it's dead i don't care um i was ryan strom is my favorite nhl player we know this um and the day that that trade happened was top 10 i was gonna say like saddest day. it wasn't a sad day just most annoying days of my life because <laughs> because clearly um if you listen to this podcast you know i at least say i watch sports with my heart more than my eyes um you know oftentimes you all have heard me uh make an opinion simply based on vibes um which is okay i think that's a really fun way to watch sports and more people should do it anyway that was a really annoying day because everyone was like haha hey jen reinstrom sucks and jordan eberle is a god and i was like Thanks so much for your input, um, John12345 on Twitter. I really appreciated that. Um, I, I went so far as to, at the time, I was writing for a hockey publication online and wrote an entire article about why I wanted people to stop poo-pooing on Ryan Strom for this deal because it's not his fault that Jordan Eberle is just better than him. It's really not. And but so, at this point, how much better than him is Jordan Eberle? Let's talk about it. Let's let's <laughs> let's talk about it because, like, I just never want to hear this trade brought up ever again. I saw Islander fans yesterday being like, "Oh, like buy Eberle." That Strom for Eberle deal was so great, wasn't it? And I'm like, stop it, stop it, stop it. It makes me mad. Um, Islanders fans and holding a grudge, never. <laughs> um, but yeah, at this point. Ryan Strom plays for the New York Rangers. How much longer will he play for the New York Rangers? I guess we'll never know. Um. Well, I was going to say that because (laughs) I find it people were – the reason that I saw the Strom for Eberle trade brought up was because the Kraken do have interest in Ryan Strom from the Rangers. Um, 
And that would put yeah. Jordan Eberle and Ryan Strom on the same team. Aw, cute. They After all that. Besties. Yeah, that those are my only thoughts on that. I think he's a he's a good player. Islander fans really love him. Uh, do I think their love for him is seated in a uh, deeply rooted Ryan Strom hate? I guess we'll never know. Um, but I'm sure some. In some cases, it yes. It makes me so mad. And I know we're talking about the draft, so I'm not going to go off on a cute little tangent. That's for another day. Um, but just maybe, like, before you get really mad, a hockey player who doesn't know who you are, like, maybe, like, drink some water and, like, take a deep breath. And, touch like, some grass. That's my favorite saying right now. Go outside and, like, touch your lawn and be like, you know what? Ryan Strom really doesn't care about his stats from 2012. I mean, Harrison. honestly, like, I think it's just a pattern for Islanders fans. I mean, you have John Tavares, you have uh, Ryan Strom. It's a pattern. It's a pattern. It's all I'm going to say. It's all I'm going to say. Um, but good luck, the, Jordan Everly. Good luck to good Jordan. Luck I, on, really, I, tru- truly and honestly, like I said, I like he's. I don't think he's the player that was expected of him to be. But I think he's still a very darn good nhl player and yeah yeah i think he'll he'll do well in seattle so moving on moving on to the rangers uh this was this we all saw this pick coming it was colin blackwell that was selected Mm. um i think the only other option really could have been julian gauchet because ron francis drafted him and knows him so kind of going the hayden flurry path and taking a previous draft pick of his um and Morgan Geeky. He also drafted Morgan Geeky. So uh, kind of just, you know, reuniting some of his picks from the, the Hurricanes could have been a thing. But Colin Blackwell did have a really great season last year. He did, yeah. Um, so yeah. leaving him leaving him available was kind of just like the Rangers, kind of, I guess, kind of baiting them and it worked. Um, but the Rangers were in a good situation because a lot of their really good players are still exempt. We're exempt still, including yeah. Norris Trophy winner Adam Fox. So they didn't have as tough of a time as others making their um protection lists i would say yeah my um, my only thought on that one is when they made the post about him because like rangers uh organization obviously has to be over dramatic about uh everything. like you were one of the great ones colin Thank no you. literally i think the post was like <laughs> in a very short time like you became one of us and it's like well yeah he was on the team so that that is what happens it's that it's that stupid thing that it's i mean it's that thing that everybody said like all these rangers fans love to say this they're like once a ranger always a ranger everybody even if they're on the rangers for a little while they always talk about when they were on the rangers because rangers fans are just so so in their own butts about yeah I don't even want to know whatever. But I'm that just not made gonna me go laugh. On, not going to go on that rant. Um, it's like the same energy as Seattle being like, thanks for, thanks for the memories, Tyler. Thanks for the memories, Tyler Billick. <laughs> um, from Ottawa, the uh, um, another their third goalie. I think they only took three, right? Yeah, yeah. they only took yeah. three goalies. Um, from Ottawa, they took Joey Decord. Again, they were one of those teams where the pickings were kind of slim because yeah. most of their players are exempt. Um, most of their good players are exempt. Um, so this was just kind of like a safe bet to take him. Um, don't have much to say about him. He looks like he could be a good backup or even just like a third guy that goes up and down or stays as their goalie on the roster. It seems like Drieger and Vanacek are going to be the guys. Yeah. Um, or if they sign someone else in free agency. I mean, they um, they could go 20, 2018, 2017 New York Islanders and just run three goalies and see what happens. They could. <laughs> um, also a possibility. 
Um, if you're an Islander fan, don't listen to this episode. Ariel will have input on this one. Uh, <laughs> the Flyers pick was Carson Twarinski, which I think is a person. I, is a person, but I also think I also think that that was a it was a bit of a shock because they left Voracek and Gostaspair on the table and to take and JVR on the table to take yeah. Torinsky. So I don't, yeah. I, I don't know if Ariel, if you have any insight into what they see in him or if you just think it was a, um, a money I'm thing. Gonna be, I'm going to be honest. I couldn't like, no offense, Carson, like nice dude and everything, but I don't really get it. Um, he He's had injury problems, in right? 22. Uh, that was, um, Oh my God! There's two guys who have very similar names, and I think you're thinking of the other one whose name okay, I really okay, can't okay. remember right now. Twarinsky and Oh Luzinski. I think you're thinking of Luzinski. That's it. Okay. There was like oh, there was Twarinsky and a Luzinski. That's very fair, yeah. though. That's another story. No, okay. I was gonna say you're not the you're, you wouldn't be the first step, but I couldn't think of his name. Um, I want to say he's played 22 NHL games somewhere around there, and how do you I don't really get it because Flyers Twitter was all kind of like the hell. Um, I might be wrong. It might not be 22, but if I get 22 on the dot... His smile kind of scares me a little. <laughs> He's just happy. If you guys it. get a chance, if you guys get a chance, look at his headshot. It's a little creepy. Yeah, yeah. I well, it's the ears. I think. No, Ariel, you're right. 22 games. 22? That's what I thought. Um, yeah. yeah. He has one, one point and a minus five in 22 Yeah, games. it's hard to see i think what the kraken saw in him because a lot of people and i can see the agreement here is if they were going to go off the board with the pick uh someone like connor bunneman might have made a little bit more sense. yeah yeah that's what he's, i was thinking also okay he's shown a bit more a bit more like ability to i don't want to say like play in the nhl because it sounds like really harsh but like he's just shown a bit more ability i guess we'll just leave it at that so i guess if they were going to go completely off the board it was a little way off the board i guess to go with torrency because when saravali tweeted that out we were all like uh excuse me like yeah um but it seemed like a big theme was ron francis was like nah i'm not taking your giant contracts that's what it seems like to me because um, that's kind of what it was yeah because we didn't get to it yet but with st louis they left tarasenko on the table with the possible flip they could have done with him um with colorado they left you know possibly taking and signing gabriel landeskog with montreal they left um the uh, obviously the big glaring thing of carrie price being um yeah unprotected and apparently they did look into it but i guess it just was too rich for their blood taking on ten and a half million dollars which yeah exactly I mean, do you blame them? No, not really. But at the same time, it, it does seem very interesting that they left a lot of these big money name skill guys on the table. I mean, I think especially from the Flyers perspective, when they were offering up Voracek or a JVR or even Gostaspair. Yeah, and Gostaspair was kind of like, I mean, he had been in rumors all along. I know we'll get to the eventual trade yeah, we'll, a little yeah. bit later on, so I won't, I won't dive into that part of it. But he would. I mean, he's been in rumors for years anyway. But especially with the expansion draft, everyone was kind of like, "All right, bye." Like this is finally when Ghost is going to get moved. Um, and then a lot of people, when Hackstall got named as the coach, were like, "Oh, well, he didn't jump well with Hackstall, so maybe he's not going to be the pick." And then I think it became. Um, when the rumors or whatever you want to call it came out about a potential flip with 
Seattle and St. Louis and all this, everyone kind of hedged their bets on Voracek because yeah. the rumor, the, this was the whole rumor. Um, and obviously some of it can still happen um, with the Flyers and St. Louis just themselves was the whole, all right, St. Louis is, or not St. Louis, Seattle's going to take Tarasenko, which was a rumor in it of itself anyway. They're going to flip him to the Flyers for Voracek in exchange for taking Robert Hay in the expansion draft. So I think everyone kind of hedged their bets on that a little bit um, and got mm-hmm. kind of excited and thought that was going to be it. And then when it comes out that it's Swarinski, everyone's like, well, oh, shit. Like, now, <laughs> now what do we do? Because yeah. obviously that didn't help the Flyers at all with their cap. I mean, we're in the beginning. Like, the trade freeze was just lifted. So, like, things can still happen. Yeah, but I, I, it was just a confusing pick. But it see, it really did seem like Ron Francis was like, "I'm not taking your money." But teams were also like, "Well, then we're not giving you the apparently extreme asking prices you want to then flip these guys that we want you to take." So yeah, that's like a mix of both too. That's the one thing I heard that in the side deal side of things that Ron Francis was kind of shooting for the fences with asking prices, and he even said himself that people that. Do, other GMs were very much not as willing to make the same mistakes that they made with Vegas, that it was a, it was, it was a big, we learned our lesson situation. And I think the moves that were made before the roster freeze, and we'll talk about some of them. um, Those were a lot of cap clearing things. And a lot of the waiving no move clauses was for um, protection spot Mm. reasons. Um, Mm -hmm. But in general, I do think, it does seem like a lot of these GMs did wise up from last time. I think it's very obvious that Seattle did not make out as well as Vegas did. Yeah. Um, but I, your point about ghost and Hackstall, I also wonder how much input he really did have on these selections. Yeah. I and- mean, that, that I think was a little bit of a stretch for people just, you know, thinking, oh, then maybe they'll take one of our big guys. Yeah. But then also a guy like Torinsky, like, did Hacksaw, like, kind of have input on, at least knowledge on him, I guess, because he, yeah. I want to say he was there, I don't know how often, because he's, Torinsky's only played, like, parts of two different seasons, I can't remember the other season, I think Hacksaw was there for it, Um, but the thoughts of maybe he just had the knowledge and kind of, like, put a little word, like, hey, I know this guy, I think he'll be a good fit, but yeah. I, I, I don't, I, I'm sure he didn't have that much input I, on the selection itself, like maybe a little bit, but um, as for the whole like Gosses Bear and Hackstall thing, I, I didn't really put much into that as in like that's why he wasn't going to go. I, I don't really know why he didn't because that would have been, I think, a really solid pick for Seattle because he, it's a pretty team friendly contract. I want to yeah. say he's making four, four and a half, something in that regard. I won't try and get it perfect again, but I think it's four <laughs> and a half. So it, it was a pretty good deal. So I think that's what surprised me more than anything was that if they weren't going to go big money, that they didn't take Gosh Spare just because I thought he would have been a really good yeah. addition for them and another one of those guys that probably was time for a change of season. I also wonder because uh, now I'm looking at the list with the Detroit pick. They picked a defenseman anyway. Why didn't they take Troy Stetcher? I was shocked that they left him. Yeah. That's what one of my friends, because when I was like, oh, we finally have the last Detroit, like the last pick, she goes, is it Stetcher? And I'm like, no, it's some dude I've like barely heard of. Yeah. But 
I, I yeah, there was I think there was some surprise that I, I So looking at the overall roster, why don't we round it out and then I'll I'll give yeah. give this thought that I have in my head with the hackstall thing. Um from Pittsburgh they took Brandon Tanev, who was there um at in Seattle at the draft. I thought you meant one of the jerseys. He was there like he was available, which was funny. Like <laughs> I mean he was there. He was there. That's it. <laughs> I mean he's a he's a good he's a good player. He really uh like made a name for himself with the with the penguins these last yeah. couple years. Um, Alexander True from the Sharks, um, Vince Dunn from St. Louis, which I think was a great pickup for them. Yes. Yanni Gord, which is an excellent center choice for them. He'll probably be their number one center from what I can read, like read off of this chart. Yeah. He is going to miss the first month of the season. Yeah. He's going to miss it up to November from what about, I heard. Yeah. Surgery. So, but when he does about. come back, he'll probably be first line probably, for them. Yeah. Um, Jared McCann, which sent Leafs fans absolutely spiraling. <laughs> Guys, regardless they... of what the pick was, Leafs fans were going to spiral, though. True, but <laughs> listen, Leafs fans, hello. Hi. Hi. Um, How are you? This is for you, so listen up, please. It was either McCann or Kerfoot. Clearly, Dubis took McCann in knowing that, but wanted the extra assurance because now your roster is basically unchanged from last year barring any other moves they make. I mean, Freddie's gone, but, mm. and Hyman, but like, guys, it's not that deep. It's Jared McCann and you lost a, a prospect that wasn't even yours to begin with and like a seventh. Yeah. So let's chill. Okay, please. I, there's plenty of other things to be mad about. This is not it. Um, From Vancouver, Cole with a K, Lind. I know him. Cole with a K. Not personally. I feel like I know him somewhere. No. I, um, I know. I know for a second I was like, do you know? <laughs> do tell. No, so a couple of years ago, um, this is not a, a five oh, from when you went to Utica. Say, is this five team? Yeah. Is this five team? I, so I this is from when Jen went to Utica. I remember this. Yeah, so a couple of years ago I had a hyperfixation, and I know people throw around the word hyperfixation. I mean hyperfixation on the Utica Comets AHL team. I, I don't know how it happens. It just <laughs> It just happened. Um, I could probably name some more players. Adam Gaudet is like still pretty relevant, but I like loved him. I was he's a like, Star Wars nerd. I love him. He has a whole Star Wars tattoo sleeve. I was he's like, like, we can keep him. I was like, Adam Gaudet, I love him. And then he like got called up before I was supposed to go to a game. And I was like, oh, shucks, I can't go see Adam Gaudet. So then I decided to hyperfixate on more of these players, which it's it's very funny to me looking back because these are just AHL players. And like, I still follow some of them like on Twitter or whatever, but like a lot of them don't really do hockey anymore. And it's just like their lives. And I'm like, oh, like I have a signed puck from you. And now you like stream video games on Twitch. Anyway, <laughs> Cam Darcy was one of those players who I believe after I saw him in Unica got traded to a different organization that I can't remember, maybe St. Louis. I don't know. Um, he streams on Twitch now. Um, Ivan Kulbakov, AKA Coolby, loved him. Um, Brendan Gauntz, he was very good. Yes. Loved him. Um, but Cole Lind was one of the players that was on the Comets when I went to see the Utica Comets. And I will just forever remember Jalen Chatfield. I will just forever remember random names from that team because that was like such a weird, like, like for anyone who doesn't know, like I'm not from Utica. I had never been to Utica. Um, I, when I went for the game, it was gross and snowy and I have no need to go back. 
Um, there, there was no draw. There, there was no. Well, they're not even. They're not even the Utica Comets anymore. Right? They're the Utica Devils. But do I have a green Utica Comets Cam Darcy eleven signed jersey in my closet? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> and I have like three pucks from that game because I brought a sign saying I came from Long Island. People just kept throwing me pucks. I was like, love that. I was like, I'll just start lying about where I'm from when I come to games. I'll go to Ranger games and be like, came from Texas, give me a puck. Like, if I knew it was that easy, like... I love tangent story time with Jen. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Anyway, Cole Lind, um... Yeah, I don't know much about him, just that he was on the comments. It's a lot of... <laughs> these are these guys are a lot of, like, fringe NHLers mm-hmm. that... I guess Ron Francis sees po- and and or Dave Haxall see potential in, um, which I find very interesting. Uh, the last goalie selection we we mentioned him already, Vitek Vanacek, who played a really great season for Washington. They have uh, a few goalies in, in their pipeline, kind of you know, all around the same. They have like Samsonov, and they had Vanacek, and they have other other guys. So I guess Vanacek seems like the odd man out. Um, so I think that's a good pickup for for the Kraken like we said they can have they'll have the tandem of Drieger and Vanacek perhaps going with the third goalie also Decord <laughs> so that's not bad and then uh from when lastly from Winnipeg forward Mason Appleton so this was what I was gonna say when we brought up Hackstall's input I don't I want to see if you you'll confirm the suspicion that I might have Ariel <laughs> But okay, I'm curious to me, now. to me, this roster seems like a lot of like grinder, like gritty, like yep. physical big dudes. Maybe aside from like Yarncroke and Eberle, yeah, or and like the and maybe like the younger defensemen, like flirt, like the flurries aren't that like they're more like skill finesse kind of guys. But the majority of these guys are like those grinder, quote unquote, gritty, like more blue. I, I'll say this like more like blue collar kind of hockey players. Yeah, <laughs> you're you're every man's hockey players than like your superstars, um, and they left some of those more like skill finesse guys on the table. So is that because of this coaching style that Haxall has and the kind of culture Haxall mm-hmm. wants to create? Ariel, am I on the right path? I knew with that? exactly where you were going <laughs> once you started the sentence. Um, I would say that's a fair assessment. Okay. Um, that grinded out style that <laughs> but the only reason I would also lean against is it is a lot of younger guys. Yes. Um is the that only way true. I would lean against that style. Um is because they did go pretty like young. Like if they had gone in the more veteran direction, I'd be more inclined to agree like fully. Yeah. But I the veterans I do they see did where you're going. Yeah, the veterans they did pick yeah. are in that wheelhouse though. Yeah, mm-hmm. I see where you're going. I, I it, it's been such a while since I've seen a, da- a, a Dave Haxall coach team that I'm like forgetting that that era happened and exactly like yeah. it out. I also, but I also, I feel like you're in the right direction. I also think about it that way because the Leafs brought him in as an assistant coach and their whole game plan for the last couple of years has been to be that quote, we want to be tougher to play against. We want to be more like, intimidating or whatever and they brought him in i know that he was mostly on special teams and doing the penalty kill and all that stuff but overall that was the t- yeah. their their efforts to i mean signing uh wayne simmons and mm-hmm. bringing in felino and all that kind of stuff yeah. so 
Yeah. That's why my mind, like, as I was reading the list again, like, my, my, and we were bringing up Hackstall, my, my gears were kind of turning because (laughs) I think, I think most people, like, the discourse, like, over the, like, the last 24 hours since the lists were reported is the, confusion about the direction that the Kraken wants to go in mm-hmm. and the fact that they left some of these guys that seemed like no-brainer skill guys on the table um I have to wonder if that's like part of the reason um but there's still plenty of time obviously this roster might change yeah and but the the way I lean into that is they kept saying throughout the broadcast like we want the guys who are like grind it out like compete like hard working like almost every pick they described with with one of those words yeah so it it does seem like they do want to go with that style like obviously like you said this is it's just the beginning of the actual like off season I would I would consider since now with the freeze being lifted and the draft coming in and everything like that but it does seem like that's kind of the style they want to go in just because of a lot of the guys that they pick now obviously a lot of these guys could turn out to be skill guys and could turn out you know in that direction but the way it is today the way we can describe the team today is a very grinded out like compete yeah. or like all the hockey cliches as I kept yeah. saying last and- night is yeah. what this team is right now. And they were stressing like building a culture and like wanting to play for each other and wanting to be on the team and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of these guys I think can be described as those kinds of like, you know, good teammate. Mm-hmm. All the guys love him. Like that kind of thing. Especially like when I look at like Alexiak and mm-hmm. Mark Giordano and like everybody and Morgan Geeky with his personality and Hayden Fleury oh, yeah. was always really well liked and 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 McCann and Yanni Gord, like those guys when I look at their and Brandon Tanev when I and Blackwell really cemented his place in the Rangers lineup. When I look at like those names there when and then I hear their quotes about what they were looking for, it makes sense in that sense. But then when you look at who they had available and like actually feel like icing a competitive hockey team you're kind of like uh bro what what do you (laughs) seattle what is you doing um but like we keep saying it's the off season is very very young Mm -hmm. um there's still probably going to be news that comes out today i mean the roster freeze was literally lifted like four hours ago yeah five hours ago so we have plenty of time um with that um, and the draft, I, th- I think the draft weekend starting tomorrow night will be will be crazy. And we haven't even talked about the regular draft. The regular draft is tomorrow. Um, <laughs> Buffalo's picking first overall, then the Kraken at the second overall pick. Um, and I'm sure there's bound to be other movement. I'm sure the Kraken are going to try to get as many picks as possible. Maybe we see some of those other guys that they picked get flipped for picks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that'll be interesting. I feel like we should... We, it's it's tough to do a, an expansion draft recap and then a draft preview all in one. So we'll just do we'll just talk about the draft next week when all yeah. said and done, um, mm-hmm. and any other moves that get made. Um, but I'm a huge Maddie Beniers guy, so I hope he doesn't go to Buffalo. Um, <laughs> just for, for that says for everything. Um, for his so, own well-being. Uh, Ariel alluded to these, so why don't we we pivot and we talk about the moves that happened before and Ooh, after yes. um, the roster freeze. So before the roster freeze, the Flyers were active as well as after, but um, before 
I think this was more of like the bombshell trade. Um, we lost Jen for a second. I think um, this was more of the bombshell trade, Ariel. If, uh-huh. if if correct me if I'm wrong, but oh, you're right. You're very right. So it was a it was a multi team trade. It was a three team trade. The Flyers traded Myers uh-huh. to and Nolan Patrick to Nashville. Uh-huh. And then Nashville flipped Nolan Patrick to Vegas for Cody Glass. Yeah. Um, Nolan and Cody, I think both have like had injury issues early on in their career. So uh-huh. I think there's they're they're a wash when you think of it that way. Um but yeah, I wanted to and and then today uh Goss's Bear was flipped was traded to Arizona and I don't believe the Flyers got anything in return. No, that was another one of those like well the original thought was the picks were going to Philly. That's what I thought as return. well, but then And that's what everyone thought and then all of a sudden like I saw the Flyers tweet and it was like the Flyers have traded Shane Goss's Bear a 2022 like second round and seventh round and I'm like, "Oh, so the picks weren't us." But um Chuck Fletcher had his media availability like uh, an hour or so after that and said that was the price they were paying to not have to take any of his cap. So it, it was a 4.5 like cap. I did check to be like, ooh, did I actually like get that on the dot too? Um, but he was asked, like, hey, did you retain any any salary? He said, no, that's why we sent the picks. So it, it, it was a big, it was just all about cap. It was another one of those, is this a legal move? Like, you're not getting anything in return. Yeah, yeah. Like, is this allowed? Um, but going back to the first trade, that was, like, literally what the Flyers needed. Was they they got their number one defenseman to go along with, with Provorov. He's a, another one of those veteran Matt Niskanen-like guys. And again, that's something Fletcher said, is he, he should be able to play that role that Niskanen did to a lot of the younger guys. Um, The fact that they were able to make that trade and, like, lose, I'm not going to say nothing because it's tough losing a guy like Myers, but to make that trade and not lose much in return was, I think, part of the biggest thing. And they get, um, like, flexibility in that um, Ellis is signed for a couple more years. They don't have to worry about any contract with him. Um, the thing, I think the biggest thing was having Patrick involved in that deal was it, it was going to happen at some point. It, it was kind of like a when, not if at this point with the whole him requesting the trade and the rumors that he didn't get along with Vigneault and, and this and that and, and all those things that came out about him. So it wasn't a surprise to see him in the deal. And then I, the whole flipping him to Vegas thing, you know, kind of like you alluded to, was kind of a two guys needing a change of scenery. Yeah. And um, McCrimmon, having known Patrick well from his Wheat King days, was also not surprising to bring him in. I think the biggest thing from that was Patrick didn't really talk about his migraine disorder, like, at all. Whenever he was asked about it, he kind of, like, just didn't answer it. But Mm -hmm. that's also, like, just his personality. Like, he's that guy that's very mum, very quiet, like, doesn't mm-hmm. kind of seem like he's alive, I guess. <laughs> to put it, like, doesn't really seem like he's interested. Like, that's what a lot of people also thought was, like, he doesn't want to be here. He's not interested. Like, nah, that's that's just his voice. Like, that's just who he is. But kind of alluded to the fact that the concussion he suffered at the end of 
was kind of where everything started. And that was kind of the assumption, but it was kind of denied for a while that concussions didn't play a role in it, that this was something... I mean, I think it's still true. This is something he's dealt with before from juniors. It's kind of a disorder he's had. And I think it ran in his family. I think there is some genetic... Yeah. Well, didn't he say it. that he has been experiencing symptoms since his juniors yeah, days, like, but it's just so, gotten worse now? Yeah, that part, like, is true. Like, he did deal with it in juniors, but obviously the concussion he suffered kind of brought it all back or right, kind right. Of just made it worse. So um, that kind of came out and that was a little bit of a, a, like kind of him admitting or alluding to the fact that it was concussions after kind of, it was denied that it was concussions. But I, I mean, that deal for the Flyers, just getting back to the deal itself was kind of the biggest move. I don't want to say the biggest move they'll make this all season, but it was a pretty big step in the right direction for a team that Fletcher has said needs to like, stop giving up goals essentially because they were one of the worst in the league uh, at goals against so that trade really helped them on defense um and it wasn't it didn't really play a role in the gossip spare trade just to kind of move along to that um it didn't really have anything to do with that Fletcher said that earlier that acquiring Ellis didn't really play a factor um because they they could have fielded a team with both of them mm-hmm. um so it wasn't really that the the gossip spare move was literally cap flexibility that that's pretty much the deal and why why they didn't get anything back was because it was all about getting rid of cap and why they included the picks and, and all that and somewhat of it had to do with you know guys like york and zamula coming up um fletcher did mention that as well that you know having guys like that does kind of change a little bit but basically the biggest thing for that w- was cap was was all about getting yeah. his cap off the books and having, you know, the money to sign guys like re-sign, you know, Hart and Sanheim. Hart, in which they have already put a qualifying offer into. Um, he did say that, and I'll talk to his camp soon. It'll help them sign Sanheim, but also gives them the flexibility to do more if they need to. And a, a big thing that, that Fletcher said earlier that a lot of teams are going through and that the league is going through with a flat cap is, like, things are tough right now with money which is kind of why you see a trade like that and why you see maybe why Seattle didn't take those those contracts with the flat cap and, and kind of this and that. But, you know, the Ellis move big, brought in brought in a big defense but not losing much, and then the ghost thing. It, it was tough to see a guy like him go because I think injuries really played a part in kind of his downfall, so to, so to call it, um, because he was pretty electric when he first came up. Yeah. So, but this was another kind of case of we say change of scenery a lot, but it kind of is really another guy who could probably use a fresh start, use a different type of role with a team that maybe will use him in a different way. Um, I think it's tough to see him go just because I think he's one of your better defensemen. But with the way things were going this year, with the scratch and the injuries, just you know, keep continuing to take a toll on him. I think it was kind of something that had to happen to kind of get this whole ramble finished at some point was it it was it's cap um tough to see him go but i think the flyers a lot of things are going to change this offseason it really seems that way it really seems like fletcher wants to upgrade this team in a big way and he did that with the ellis move and we'll see if that eluded trade um with tarasenko could happen but apparently doug armstrong also said today he could see a way tarasenko stays and i just don't see how that happens 
I think that bridge is burned, Mr. Armstrong. Like, I I didn't go through all the quotes, but I guess he kind of talked about the timeline and, like, um, saying that, like, yes, Tarasenko did ask for a trade. It's like, bro, we knew. Like, that's that's been known. But, yeah, apparently there's the... They don't see um the door closed completely. And I'm like, hmm... I think you have and you should. Maybe you're just saying that to say it, <laughs> but who knows? Maybe we still see uh, Tarasenko Voracek swap. That'd be pretty fun. Oh gosh. Um, the two things I want to say about the 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 Ellis deal is I loved when Ryan Ellis tweeted Pierre LeBron saying, "Please trade me back." That was hysterical, and just him, just his Twitter reaction to the trade was very funny. Yeah. Um. And on Nolan Patrick's side, because I, I've, I've gone, I've gone on, I've talked about him a lot. We've talked about him a lot and his health and his chronic issues. Cause I have the same disorder. I have a migraine disorder as well. Um, and I thought about this afterwards, after talking with a family member about it, that Vegas might be good for him health wise as well, because the dry mm-hmm. air, um, is actually pretty good for headaches. It helps the humid, like humid air. Like if you went to Seattle, for example, like would be pretty bad for a guy that suffers from chronic migraines. So maybe ultimately, aside from knowing McCrimmon, like you mentioned, and needing the fresh start, that maybe he targeted a place like Vegas because he knows it might help him um, physically with with his health. Yeah. So and I, it's I certainly. Hope, oh, go ahead. Ben. I was just, just going to say I hope that this works out for him because I think I think he's gotten a raw deal just with the way people have seen his injury and and perceived his attitude towards wanting to play hockey in these last few years. Yeah, I think that that's a pretty big thing. And and I think the thing, I think going to Vegas is going to be good for him also because he's going to have, like, I don't want to say he had, like, he obviously didn't have a big role here, but I think he's going to have, like, an even, like, slightly smaller role over there just to kind of help him get reacclimated and get, Mm -hmm you know, back into the swing of things. And I, I know Vegas has been a pretty good market um, for hockey since they came in, but he, it's obviously not as big of a market, I think, as Philadelphia is, at least. I think they're more forgiving it, fans than Yeah, than when it comes fans. to, like, the fans and when it comes to media, I think he's going to get a better chance over there to show what he can do. And, and, I mean, I hope he's able to because, like you said, like the raw deal, like I've, again, we've talked about him so much that I could keep going into tangents and circles about the way I think he was perceived and treated in Philadelphia. But since he's not in Philadelphia anymore, I'll let that, I'll let that go finally. But I, I, I hope for his sake, he is able to, to figure things out in, in Vegas and kind of have that opportunity to show why he was the number two pick and kind of get that moment and get that fresh start, clean start. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I mean, obviously if it doesn't work out in Vegas, then that's when you can start kind of questioning things like that but for his sake I do hope it really works out in Vegas for him and and I'm excited to see if it does I'm not going to say I'm going to pay attention to Vegas because like I'm not going to pay attention to Vegas but I I might you know pay a little attention to him see see how things go over there because I I really do hope he is able to kind of get a better a better outlook and and you know continue what is hopefully a, a good long career for him 
Yeah. And that kind of leads me into the next trade that kind of, I think, well, this blew me away this afternoon. And, and I think it, it, it shook a lot of people, not even just Hurricanes fans, but I think just people in the hockey world in general. Uh-huh. Um, the Hurricanes traded Alex Nedeljkovic today. They traded his um, re- restricted free agent rights to Detroit for a third round pick and Jonathan Bernier, who's a UFA. So there's not even a guarantee that they'll keep him um, from what I'm reading. um he expected to get around three, three and a half million, which is what Detroit gave him on a bridge deal. Uh-huh. And the Canes offered him one and a half million dollars, which uh, that's I. Yeah, I, I hate the narrative that Tom Dundon is cheap. And I want to get this out of the way now because it's very frustrating to me. I'm tired of this overused narrative that the Hurricanes are a cheap organization because ever since he took over, this team has been the complete opposite of that. I, if it helped, I mean, aside from not re-signing John Forsland, if it helps the on-ice product, Tom Dundon will pay for it. He matched Sebastian Ajo's um, offer sheet. He gave him a very, very big signing bonus, um, which is millions up front. Um, he's built a brand new ath- entire athletic compound down here that the Canes can practice at and it it provides not only hockey facilities, but gymnastics facilities, soccer facilities, beach volleyball facilities. And it's not done being built. It's ginormous, the Wake Competition Center. Um, and he improved the arena, not only the inside of the arena, like the uh, where the play- the players' facilities, but they improved the Jumbotron. They're improving the fan experience. They're spending almost to the cap to this day. So I'm tired of the narrative that they're cheap because they're, they're by all, by all accounts, a not, not a cheap organization anymore. Um, uh-huh. I, I, th- unfortunately, I just think this is just a, a situation where a team, an organization, they've always undervalued him. And I've been a huge advocate of his for years, but I think the pivotal moment, and I think that the moment that was indicative of how what they thought of him was when he led the Checkers, those uh at the time the Hurricanes AHL affiliate, he led the Checkers to a Calder Cup, one AHL goaltender of the year, and still didn't make the team out of training camp. Mm-hmm. He still yeah. wasn't given a chance until yeah. Morazic and Reimer got hurt. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of a pretty big um a pretty big sign and and what i thought was interesting and maybe you can allude to this maybe i'm just like over overthinking or overlooking this that um after his um entry-level contract he signed for less money than what he made on his entry-level contract which just to me is interesting yeah that that he signed for less because he made because there's such like arbitrary numbers um yeah it was like a three, like obviously your three year, three year, like 2.775, but it was like a different cap at the first year and then it slid and all that. But the fact that he made, I'm not very good at math. The last couple years was like 811K. And then he signs the following year, two years, 737.5. Like, yeah. It just seemed odd. Like, I don't know how often you see after an entry level deal that somebody signs for less money than they did in the, in the deal. I don't know if it's, they didn't see a lot of him, if he was in the AHL for a lot of it. I'm yeah, not, I think you can the, allude to that more than I, I think it was, a, I think his rise was a slow burn. 
um, for sure. But in the last, since the Checkers won the championship, and and I I, th- I was high on him even before then, but since that championship year with the Checkers, I really think it was obvious that they needed to give Ned a shot. And yeah. he, not, I don't think once he was on the opening night roster. Um, he was always in Chicago or Charlotte or wherever they were. So it just never made sense to me. I don't know why he was always a last resort on injury call-ups. And then um, Sarah Sivian um, asked John Waddell, like, what, basically, like, why? Um, and he said that they want to go, what the team needs right now is a veteran goaltender, and that's what they plan on getting, I guess, in either extending Morazic or going after someone else in free agency or keeping Bernier as a backup or whatever the plan is. It's, it's not Alex Nedeljkovic. And I just, I'm very curious what else they wanted from him as like, yeah, yes, he's young. He's in his early twenties, but he, what he's won a championship. He won goaltender of the year. He's been nothing but impressive since in every NHL stint he's had and he looked formidable in the playoffs like not only did he play well he was calm cool collected and received nothing but praise from his teammates about how level-headed and how confident they were in him and how confident he was in himself Mm -hmm. um I mean I don't I, I I say this because I think it's it's interesting Brady Shea applauded his confidence a lot um in post game interviews saying how confident how he's never seen a goaltender be, be this confident and he played with Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah, that's a pretty big, okay. So big compliment. I think it was a huge, I think Brady singing his praises, I think especially having played with Henrik Lundqvist was a, a huge thing because that's a, that's a measuring stick. I mean, you know, it, if you're, it doesn't matter how far removed you are from playing with someone if you're playing with Henrik Lundqvist, who's one of the best goalies of our generation, you're going to remember that when you're looking at a guy like Ned and you're going to compare. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't I, know what, I don't know what more they could have wanted from him. Honestly, I really don't. Yeah. I, I think on the, on the outside, like you said, you, even the kind of a lot of the hockey world was surprised. I know I saw that. I saw, cause I sent it to my one friend who was a Carolina fan. And I was like, I said to her and even I'm like, um, like, excuse me. Like, I thought he did pretty well for you guys and seemed like he was going to be one of those, like, future guys that was going to be able to, like, turn into that, you know, turn into that guy. So I was really surprised. And like you said, like, I don't know what else you could have asked for for him to do for you, for um for the team. And like you said, he, he was tremendous in the playoffs. I, I remember. He has a career you know, save percentage. He, he has a career save percentage of 928. His only his only significant NHL stretch was this past season, twenty three games. But in those twenty three games, he had a nine three two save percentage and a one point nine goals against average. Um, and he was nominated for the Calder. He led the league in multiple goalie categories. I don't. I like like I keep saying. I just genuinely don't know what what more they could have wanted from him. And he proved that he can keep up if they if they go on another deep run. They didn't. Yeah. They didn't lose to Tampa because of him. Or no, not, not goaltending in general. They didn't lose to yeah. Tampa because of that. Quite honestly, it was because their stars that had been scoring earlier in the playoffs couldn't score against Tampa. Mm-hmm. They ran into that defense in Andre Vasilevsky, which is gonna happen. Um, no matter who's in net for you. So I, I just I don't I don't I'm 
I love Ned and I think he's a great kid and I'm excited to see what he does with Detroit. And and I think people like think that we're upset because we like him as a person, but I think this is genuinely scary when you look at like what I'm serious. When you look at like when you look at what Waddell's and Dundon's plan is like going forward, I mean they're not keeping Jordan Marinuk. They're probably not gonna keep Brock McGinn. This team's gonna look very different next year. Um, I think a lot of teams are gonna look very different next year, mm-hmm. but I wasn't expecting the Canes to look this different next year, and I'm a little nervous about what their plan is going forward. Yeah, I, I am pretty curious to see what what's going to happen, even just in that, because it, it is just really, really surprising. I, I don't know another word for it on why they decided to, to make this move with the Dukovic, if just for the sake of a of, of veteran. I mean, I don't know, like, couldn't you have just, like, if you needed that veteran guy, like, why did you need to trade? Nadelkovic to have that like you already have that if, if you are going to extend a guy like Morazic and just run a Morazic Nadelkovic tandem again I, I don't know why that maybe wasn't in, in their thought or bringing another veteran guy and you know and let I mean I was there a thought of letting Morazic go maybe I don't I guess we'll kind of see if they end up bringing Morazic back um or, or signing Bernay or you know yeah. whatever other moves all their there are all their goaltenders are UFAs at the moment so. yeah that that I did know so I guess they're just really trying to go in a different direction and I'm not really sure why in general because you proved like you proved you're a pretty good team like you ran into Tampa which like it like wasn't a surprise that that it kind of went the way it did because Tampa Tampa's Tampa like it, it yeah. wasn't, you know, and they and the series wasn't a blowout. Yeah, I mean, they were very evenly matched the whole time in the regular season and the playoffs. I mean, it would have been tough if they got Florida as well. So, I don't. I if of all the teams to overreact to losing in the playoffs, I didn't expect the Hurricanes to overreact. I mean, especially with you know with Rod Brindamore being at the helm and and he's a pretty even keeled kind of guy. Uh, off the ice uh, uh, coaching he gets a little riled <laughs> up but but off the ice like when it comes to you know the state of the team and 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 all and making big decisions and all that kind of stuff he seems very like not the kind to, to overreact so I'm I'm a little shocked that this is what they're doing but again I think it's just a uh, a really really bad case of they just never really had faith in Ned and yeah. it the it, I guess with with money and they they do have a lot of guys to sign. I mean, maybe they are working on bringing Brock McGinn back, uh, or and then they have Warren Fogle and Andre Svechnikov and potentially bringing back Dougie Hamilton and Jake Bean is an RFA and figuring out the goaltending situation. So there's a lot of moving parts there. So I guess I mean it is a little concerning that. They only offered him one and a half million dollars and three million seems like too much for for them to pay him. But I don't I don't know what else they have planned. So whatever I will say, whatever they have planned better be damn good Um, because I'm I'm extremely nervous right now as a uh, coming as a first season season ticket holder coming up in in September, October. But um, yeah, I I will see. But this is just it's this is really, really not a good look for them. So I'm, I'm very nervous. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. There's not, there's not really much else um, to kind of say just in, like you said, it's, it's going to be interesting to see where Carolina goes. Like 
it doesn't seem like like I know they have a lot of guys to sign, but it just didn't seem like this was money related. Because like three million, really, I I don't think was that unfair to him. It's not. What, it's pretty much for what, what he's worth. for what he's proven to them, um, and especially in this you know this this season, I don't don't think that was unfair of him to ask. And it's not the first team I think we've seen kind of lowballing someone this offseason whether that has to do with the flat cap or, or whatever it is but it, it just seems like you know it was never about money like you said it was you know they didn't seem to value him the way that they probably should have in the way that he deserved so seeing what they do with their goaltending I think is going to be one of the things to look for this offseason it, it's just how they're going to go from here and kind of how Nedeljkovic is going to be in Detroit, I think, will also be will also yeah. be something to watch. Well, he'll definitely have good games against the Canes, I would think. Um, but <laughs> always, that's always how it goes. Always shoutouts, but um, I do want to even say, like, for years and years and years, like the hur- everyone pointed to goaltending as a Hurricanes problem. Once they get a goal- good goalie, everything will fall into place. Like they're they're a great team, but they have no goaltending, and they finally had what seems like a solid tandem in Mrazek and Ned, even given uh, Mrazek's injury history. I mean, Reimer was great even if you wanted to go with that. I I just, I don't understand why you finally seem like you have all the pieces together and then you just, it's done. I, I don't, I don't get it. It's confusing. It's frustrating. And, uh, we have Jen's still having some technical difficulties and we're at an hour and 16 minutes. So I think it's, it's time that we wrap it up. Um, thank you all for listening. I'm sorry that we didn't touch on quite all the moves um, that have been made so far. I think, I mean, the Rangers made a few moves like Brett Howden's gone bless up and they signed Barclay Goodrow. Um, and there's some other stuff I'm sure I'm forgetting. Um, but we only have so much time and, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to get to, to more next week. Uh, we'll get to the draft and whatever else uh, happens to go down, but thank you all for listening. And if you would like to follow us on social media, if you aren't already, please follow us at pucker up sports. That's at pucker up sports on every social media platform, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and you can find uh, past episodes on whatever platform you're listening on, Spotify, Apple, whatever. Um, and we will see you all next week. Have Enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy your draft weekend, ladies. And uh, that's it. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.